0: Hello, welcome to Colonel's of Truth, brought to you by Progress Kentucky. There are 19 days until November 7th. So this week, we're going to continue to cover the twists and turns of the upcoming election. We've got a debate recap uh, because uh, Dan Cameron and uh, our boy Andy Bashir went uh, toe-to-toe, mano-to-mano, mano-e-mano, in the first televised debate uh, just yesterday. Uh, Then, really excited, we got an interview with Representative Colonel Pam Stevenson, the Democratic candidate for Attorney General. I'm gonna meet her over in the campaign corner to hear how the campaign is going uh, and I'm gonna co- uh, close out with a call to action. So should be a great uh, a great episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. But before we get into it, are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple uh, while political ads are right now trying to convince you that Andy Bashir is in fact Joe Biden's running mate uh, or that he's against churches despite being a deacon in one, or that he sopped on crime despite being the former attorney general of the state. Uh, folks, these ads have only one goal. They want to convince you to stay home instead of supporting the candidate that you were leaning towards. Not exactly a great strategy for our democracy. Uh, and that's why Progress Kentucky is excited to be a part of the Kentucky Future Project, which is to build a political coalition of new voters, progressive voters, non-white voters who can come together to make our Commonwealth better. Uh, you, If you've been watching, you know we're working with great groups like Planned Parenthood, Hood to the Holler, the Fairness Campaign, many others to turn out the new Kentucky majority to achieve better electoral outcomes for our Commonwealth. If You want to support our efforts with this coalition. Please make a donation to our secure ActBlue website. $5, $50, $500. It all adds up and gives us the materials we'll need to make a positive difference on November 7th. So uh, you should do it. Why not? uh now is the time to check in our co-host co-host let us know who you are where you are and what does your protest sign say today uh and if you're watching right now live on the internet go ahead and put in the chat we want to hear what your sign uh says and what are you protesting today there's so much to protest uh so much to protest but uh uh, thematic of what we'll talk about a little bit later in the show mine says progress kentucky stands with the uaw finish the negotiations ford take care of your workers. That's me. Um, uh, Nima, Nima, are you there?
1: I am here from the lovely Kenwood area of Lexington. And my protest sign today says pretty much what yours says, except mine says one day longer. And that is something that my dad used to say uh, when they were striking on the picket lines back in the 70s and 80s. One day longer, you guys, you've got it. We support you with the UAW. My family supports you. Uh, AFT supports you. And let's get this done, guys. Uh, Bring it home for the working people.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Oh, and I forgot to, I failed to mention, I'm in, I'm in Lexington too. Uh, and if you haven't, I'm in Childsburg. So I was like to put that plug into Childsburg, uh, cause Childsburg does a few things, right? They do their holiday decorations really quite well. I think things are coming on for uh, Halloween. It's a great place to come, uh, you know, knock on doors. I definitely feel it. Uh, but then that's, that's pretty much what Childsburg does well is the holiday decorations. Uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. To see a vinyl siding. Sorry, uh, sorry to jump jump it in there I'm right in front of you, Doug. I know you're queued up and ready to go, Doug. Doug, can you can you tell us what's up?
2: Uh, certainly. I'm I'm not in Lexington, but I am in uh, Harrison County. I want to stand up. I Hope you can see. I have my Cabana Boy T-shirt on. <laughs> I wear this when I'm waiting on guests to visit us. My wife has four of her high school friends spending the last several days in Cynthia at Ashford Acres. It's a beautiful BNB. And today, all of them came to our house for the cabana boy to wait on them. I enjoy doing that. I hardly ever get any tips. I don't know. You know, maybe I'm not doing the job right or anyway. So my protest sign says, Come on, Republicans. We are electing Kentuckians, not Biden or Washington. Washington. You lift it up
0: a little bit. I can't see the bottom. Higher, higher, high. There, there you go. Not biden or washingtonians gotcha all right yeah uh awesome well thanks folks how how, how's everyone's week going uh we uh we ready for this show we ready for this episode Yeah. yeah i've been traveling for work i am ready to like be home uh in my study uh seeing if the dog's gonna come bark at me uh or a daughter's gonna come check in on me uh but yeah nice to be back with you guys after A pretty stressful couple of days of work. Uh, And I appreciate that, you know, y'all are taking your time to do this thing, which, just to be clear, if you're watching on the area website, man, this is an amazing show. It is, and it is all volunteer. No one is getting paid nothing to do this. We are just doing it of our own volition, our own uh, sense that maybe. Maybe us, John, about politics, can help encourage more folks to get engaged in our political system. That's that's it. At least for me, that's
2: my motivation. I don't know, Doug. What about you? Uh, yeah, it's um, like you said. We're all volunteers, and uh, we have a lot of fun. Um, and along the way, we get the work done. I think. Nice. How about you, Nima? Any?
0: any yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just kind of, you know, looked into, I guess, being able to hang out with you all ever so often. Uh, and I know I like to give air and heart attacks, my uh, sliding in at the very last second. But yeah, I mean, and listen, guys, who else is going to listen to me bitch about politics and the state stuff, except my husband, and he is tired of hearing about it. So... <laughs> This is at least a way for me to be able to say all these things that he does not want to hear about anymore.
0: (laughs) I love that. And you know what he should do? He should just keep us going, make a donation. Because you heard our little plug, right? So this is like cheap cheaper than you know uh marriage therapy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And better for you than beer. That's it.
0: Oh, Uh should I not be doing both? Is that
1: that well, I mean, not judging here. Yeah.
0: Uh all right. Let's let's get into the show. There are some really important stories. That we are this is a critical time for elections. It's a weird election, right? Because It's an off-year election. So if you get your news through national politics, you might have just heard that, you know, the this great state of Louisiana, which I used to live in, they just elected a right-wing nut job as their governor. They do a weird governor's race. So again, off-year like we, uh, we do, but they do it like early, they do a jungle primary. So everyone runs at once. And then it's theoretically the top two vote getters, unless the top vote getter gets 50% plus one and wins that kind of clear, uh, clear majority. So in uh, Louisiana, where they've had two terms of a blue dog Democrat, pretty conservative, moderate guy, uh, the nut job right winger just won outright, and the Democrat didn't even make the runoff, uh, which there's a lot of folks, you know, I still pay attention to Kentucky politics, and there's a lot of folks who are just about done with, it, with the, the that uh, Louisiana political system and the, the the political party, Democratic Party down there. You know, just didn't do any campaigning for their for their candidate, and then you know, not sh- not shockingly, uh, they didn't win. So, uh, pretty, it's a pretty uh, pretty tough situation. I think we are looking a lot better. I'm really excited about kind of what's going on here in Kentucky, and you know, I think things look. Good in certain ways, but uh, you know, let's hear here. Let's hear the story about how how they looked at, on the debate stage uh, this week, Doug. What have you got for
2: us? Sure. Tonight, I want to talk about my takeaways from the gubernatorial debate that was held on Monday night in Northern Kentucky. WDRB TV wrote an article about the debate, and the picture in the article pretty much captures the measure of both men, Andy. Concern and caring, and Cameron, oh yeah, I'm good. A picture is worth a thousand words. Bashir won the coin flip and chose to go first. Candidates have rehearsed this statement and know exactly what they're going to say. Bashir mentioned that you were going to hear Cameron refer to Joe Biden several times and stated the over or under uh, was, I think, 16. Cameron has campaigned against Bashir, noting that he, is, that he feels like Bashir is tied to Biden. Sure enough, in Cameron's opening statement, he mentioned Joe Biden four times and Washington a couple of times. He did not mention that Trump has given his full support to Cameron. I bet he does mention this on the campaign trail when the audience fits. I think it was stark the way Cameron smiles and rocks back and forth while answering questions, and then immediately turns to Bashir with a scowl on his face. Side note: While Cameron's seen a couple of weeks ago, I talked to a registered Republican who emphatically stated that she was voting for Bashir, but would vote for Republican down ballot candidates because she didn't agree with Joe Biden. I didn't press the issue, but really, Washingtonians, Biden, we're not running, we're not electing those people. Abortion is a campaign issue, and Andy has been pretty clear in that he believes this decision is best left to the individual, as opposed to Cameron's view that the government, the government, should have control over a woman's body. Cameron has waffled over the last few weeks, as it is related to whether or not a nine-year-old who is impregnated by a family member could have an abortion. Refunding public education is another hot topic on the campaign trail. Bashir believes that public education should be just that, public, and Bashir is against vouchers and allowing private schools to obtain public funding. This is in our constitution. Public funds, tax dollars, can only go to common schools, public schools. Cameron would work with the current Republican-controlled legislature to ensure that funds could be diverted from public schools to private schools. Many church schools could benefit through this process, and there is no question that religion will be centered to this schooling. Cameron's actions as Attorney General are real indicator of, of who he will be if he is elected governor. Frequent listeners may remember that we've had Amy Bensonhaver on our COT show. She used to work in the AG's office and is a nationally recognized expert on open records. Here's a quote from Amy related to Cameron. What would a Daniel Cameron gubernatorial administration look like through the lens of Kentucky's open government laws? In a word, opaque. The definition Of opaque is not transparent. She continued, the proof is visible everywhere. Since taking office as Attorney General in December 2019, Cameron has left a clear track record of disdain for the public's interest in free and open examination of public records and the formation of public policy at public meetings. Here is a comment from McKenna Horsley, who is a member of the Kentucky Lantern Group, they bring you up-to-date, great information on all things Kentucky. In last night's debate, Daniel Cameron characterized the race for a Kentucky governor as crazy versus normal, while Governor Andy Beshear said the choice is vision versus division. You know, Andy is Andy, and here's a personal testament of this fact. I'm on the board of the Kentucky Government Retirees Organization, and the chair and I met with then A.G. Andrew Bashir to talk about retirement legalities. In person, Andy is Andy. This week, the board chair met with a current administration official to talk about the possibility of state government retirees receiving a COLA. The last COLA that was received happened over 10 years ago. The cost of living has gone up substantially since that time. The chair of KGR has reached out to Cameron and his campaign about talking with him, and to date, there has been no response. Andy listens and makes things better. Cameron seeks division. To quote from NATO's fab song It's Andy, it's Andy, it's Andy for me. I uh, just want to mention that three more chances to see the two in debates. 8 p.m. EST, October 21st, League of Women Voters candidate debate hosted by the League of Women Voters and WLKY. And 8 p.m. EST, October 23rd, the Kentucky Tonight gubernatorial debate hosted by KET. And at 7 p.m. EST, October 24th, the Kentucky debate hosted by WKYT. I encourage people to listen and learn. Back to you, Aaron.
0: Yeah, thank you, uh, thank you, Doug. Yeah, so I was, I was, as, as I said, I was traveling for work, so I was not able to watch the debate. Uh, sounds like the over under on the number of Biden mentions actually. Uh, went uh, went against uh, Andy. So I think that uh, Cameron got some feedback that maybe he should pare down the number of times he uh, links Biden to Bashir. Uh, and so I think he like, you know, kind of ratchet it back a little bit, uh, is my understanding. But yeah, the attack ads are on, un- you know, you just, you think Biden's on the, the ballot, right? There's just so many attack ads that are like pr- linking the two. Uh, and that's because, you know, he's pretty unpopular. Uh, joe biden uh but you know i i don't think it's gonna work i think people understand that frankfurt's a lot different than washington dc uh but i don't know uh nema what do you think
1: well i watched about 30 minutes of the debate and when they started going on and on and on and on about abortion i had to turn it off because mm-hmm. i'll just be honest with you watching two men stand on a stage and talk about a woman's healthcare, women's healthcare, absolutely enraged me. And I was like, I just can't watch this. I mean, this is ridiculous. And, you know, the thing with Cameron, and this is what bothers me too, about this whole campaign. To me, it has been terrible. It has been completely, like, I call it the spaghetti test. You don't know if it's done, so you just throw it against the wall and hope that it sticks. And, you know, it's been all over the place. And the whole Biden thing is really, I think, a low IQ way to try to get votes in this state. Unfortunately, it will work on some people. But ultimately, most people in Kentucky are like, this has what? Like they don't get, I mean, again, it will work with some people. But I don't understand. I'm so tired, you all, of this election season it started in December, if you guys remember, thanks to Miss Kelly Craft running her ads. It's been going that long, and I think everybody's exhausted and ready to get to the polls. I know I am.
3: Yeah.
1: And, you know, this whole, it's just been nasty. But, you know, anytime you're running up against a popular uh, candidate, especially a popular governor like Andy is, you know, what else are you going to, you know, now they're saying he's crazy, and, you know, Andy Bashir's a lot of things, but he ain't crazy. And I just, I just could not, I mean, this is just ridiculous. This whole line, the whole campaign has been a disaster. If you ask me now, yeah. I'm not a, you know, campaign person, but as a regular Kentuckian, I can't follow it. I don't understand. I don't even know what he, his vision is.
0: You Does know, he I have a vision? You think he has a vision? I think it's just like this anti thing that all he's pushing is just... Nope, no woke, no, you know, no transgender kids, none of that, because we're saving women's sports, and Andy wants to turn your kids transgender, and he lied about it, Andy lied about it, you know, it's like right. you know these ads are so, inf- they're infuriating, they are, like, talking down to every single person watching them, and, yeah, like, like I said in my opening, like, they aren't trying to inspire you to get out and vote for your candidate. They're just trying to put enough like questions about the person you thought you were gonna vote for that maybe you just stay home. Which Doug, I know that's your favorite thing is you know how many voters just stay home, right? <laughs> like, oh great, that's what we need is to turn off more potential voters because our turnout is so pathetic to begin with, right? I don't know, it's gross. It's well, so gross.
1: you would think that they, and this is just me watching the, the disaster that has been the uh, co- Congress right now in the House. Um, You would think that our Republicans here in Kentucky would kind of be like, crap, we don't want that to happen to us. And let's be honest here. It's very, it could happen. There's enough lunatics right now in the Frankfurt House that could absolutely, if they teamed up with the Democrats, they could absolutely wreak havoc on this entire state. And while they're open and and I don't get it. Because all the other Republicans are like opening the door for them, making them coffee and saying, come on in. But if they really look at what's going on, why are they continuing this narrative of hate, division? And why are they even catering to this group of people that really aren't Republicans, let's just be honest, and are basically destroying uh, everything that they can touch in Congress right now? I don't get it. Uh, if I could have dinner with a Republican that has like any kind of power over their stuff, I'd be like, are y'all out of your minds. Like what are you, what do you what are you hoping to gain? Because you're losing your party. So I don't know.
2: Doug, what do you think? Uh, I'll be glad when November 6 is, is uh, upon us and we have the election. And I'm, I'm really excited. I, I, you know, I, I'm not a person who predicts and that kind of thing, but, uh, uh, I feel good about the election right now. And I think that, uh, the second most important election is the AG election. Uh, because if, if Bashir doesn't win, then uh, we need a stopgap there and we won't have a stopgap and we have three branches of government for a very good reason and uh so we need those three branches
0: absolutely absolutely yeah i i I can't agree more and i'm really excited to show the or share the interview we had with colonel pam uh in in just a minute but you know i I think you're right doug that's a really important backstop it was you know andy proved it when you know crazy matt bevan like literally like that's crazy like anyone who says Andy's crazy, like I don't buy that. I don't think anyone buys it. Uh, he's like maybe too calm, but you know, I don't think crazy is like makes sense at all to anyone. But yeah, no, Batman was clearly crazy. And the fact that we have that backstop of Andy in the AG's office was, I think really important to stop some of the most horrid- horrendous things going forward. Uh, you know, not quite the same situation with, uh, with Dan Cameron in the AG's office. Right. Cause Basically, Andy couldn't pass a lot of things because he had that super, super duper majority lined up against him, right? Who could, you know, just easy, easily pass a bill as veto a bill, as a, you know, or, or override a veto of a bill, right? So Andy didn't have a lot of, Andy had to use like jujitsu to get his stuff through, right? But he did it. He got. A, he was able to check a, quite a few boxes. of Very cool stuff that you know wouldn't have been done with, but for his leadership. But it was weird leadership because he couldn't like pass a bill. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, I, that, that all goes to say. Like, I hope we have Colonel Pam in the AG's office. No matter what happens. That said, I think if we don't, if Andy doesn't win, I don't think there's a chance in hell that uh, that Colonel Pam wins. I think there's got to be. We have to have a kind of overwhelming amount of support for Andy to get some of these down, ba- down ballot. R- Cause just, you know, there's a lot of folks who know Andy, they love Andy, but they hate Democrats.
2: <laughs> like,
0: so, and if they don't know Colonel Pam, if they knew Colonel Pam, I think they would love Colonel Pam, but right. there's no way Colonel Pam has like the resources to meet every Kentucky voter. She's got one TV ad that we're going to show you later, which I really like. I think it's really, it's really impactful. So everyone should find it online and share it. Uh, With anyone who's, you know, not aware of the down ballot races, Uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be challenging for sure, because I've talked to a lot of these voters, right? We've been out there knocking on doors and you'll find a lot of folks who, you know, Kentucky's weird. And if you ever like look at what's happening on twitter discussions about kentucky politics there's a lot of weird conspiracy theories that show up uh because like democratic registration versus votes right uh there's a lot of people who are historically democrats who are so conservative and have drank every single drop of fox news kool-aid right and so thankfully Fox News does not cover Kentucky politics at the national level. Uh, they just focus on national politics. So these same people that think Biden is the devil uh, have interacted with Andy through local news and and know that he's fantastic. Right. And they also remember the last time they voted for Republican for governor. And they're like, oh, that, that kind of sucked. <laughs> so uh, <it's-> every time. <laughs> right. Every
1: time. I mean, they're all lame ducks. Right. Like, I don't I can't think of any of them that haven't been.
0: No, none of them want a second term, right? <laughs> no. no. So all I'm getting at is like, there is absolutely a challenge to like the electorate in Kentucky and, you know, go knock on some doors, go make some phone calls. You'll run into it. You know, you'll be confronted with it. These people that really do like Andy Bashir, but think that, you know, Joe Biden is the devil. Uh, and oh. even though like, you know, one of the things that Andy's been doing is spending a bunch of money that Joe Biden sends to the states uh, to do things like the Brent Spence Bridge, to do the broadband, to do the clean water infrastructure, to do like EV charging station building, which, you know, if you want to like make sure that those Kentucky, uh, the Ford battery plants have vehicles uh, to put those batteries into, you know, you need to have some of that charging infrastructure too, which that's coming from the Biden administration. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm a little long winded tonight. I'm sorry. uh I appreciate you guys. Uh, Putting up with me, but you know, I just think this race is really interesting, and I I don't buy sixteen points. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that. But I do feel like there's we've got some wind in our backs, and uh, two
1: to four percent. Yeah, I'm going two to four. That's my if if I got my DraftKings app out (laughs) because now you can gamble on your your sports betting thing, right? And I would I would go two to four percent. Uh, for the win on Andy, that's my guess. I've been hanging on to that. Um, and let's be honest. Uh, if he wins by five thousand and one votes, he's already at least won one Kentuckian over from the last race. So, you know I mean, I'm you know I'm feeling I'm feeling two to four, two to four.
0: No, because last time it was 0. .4. so I think yeah, that would be amazing. A two percent win would be like a blowout compared to the last time for sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to bet because I don't believe in betting because I, I believe in holding on to my money and I am horrible at that thing. <laughs> I'm glad. $1, $120. That was... What? Thank All you,
1: right. Andy Beshear. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you were obligated to make half of that into a campaign contribution because <laughs> he delivered it. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on to the second story, not directly related to this election, uh, but definitely if you pay attention to politics, then you should you know, uh, have a clear sense of kind of why things are the way they are. But uh, yeah, uh, tell us a little bit, Nima, about what is happening on the picket lines.
1: So, you know, um, obviously the, the, the union uh, supporter here, like that always is cheering uh, for our Progress Kentucky stuff uh, for unions. Um, but the UAW strike, as most people know, started, we're right now on the fifth week of this strike. And what has made it interesting and different for people in the labor uh, movement and people who are organizers and, and union members is it is completely different from any strike that we've seen. They're calling it a stand-up strike. And there it's almost like a rolling strike is how I would kind of explain it to folks. Uh, Sean Fain is the president of the United Auto Workers. And here's a really fun fact about Sean Fink. He came from rank and file. He was not the. Uh, he wasn't seen as a successor to you know anyone else as in the presidency. He did not go through those channels. He I think ran a local like was a president of a local of maybe forty people, um, but he came in. He ran on a ticket of change, and he also ran on a ticket of. It's time to stop playing patty cake and being okay with, you know, taking scraps because you're buddies with the owners or the boss. And this has been something that we've been seeing, if you've been paying attention to the labor movement, kind of across the country uh, with these new presidents that are coming from the rank and file. Um, we saw it with the Amazon, uh, the, them unionizing uh, with Chris Smalls. Um, and you're seeing it with Sean Fain, and it makes him a little bit more of a different uh, president. And I'll tell you, uh, 75%, last I saw, of the, of the country uh, is standing behind the United Auto Workers. And I've spoke to um, some member, a member tonight, and they are completely behind what he is doing. And here's what's important for everybody to remember. When, the, when labor wins, we all win. Uh, labor fought for our weekends. Labor fought uh, for Labor Day to be a holiday. They're the reason you have a 40-hour work week. Even if you're not the union, you are going to benefit from these folks taking a stand and saying, We are worth more. We have value. And that is the thing that's been missing. And I hope that all the union presidents uh, nationally and in the state really take a hard look at themselves and say, am I too cozy with management? Have I hurt my members by being too cozy? And I would say if they have, then it's time for those presidents to go. And I'm just being honest here. I'm calling balls and strikes, y'all. But what I have seen Sean Fane do has taken a set, a set of steel balls that are the size of cantaloupes. And (laughs) he has come out and has been clear on whose side he's on. He's on rank and file side. And I'm going to tell you, I'm cheering him all the way. I'm cheering him all the way. But I did look up some quick things for you guys just so you know, if you're not know, following it correct uh, too much, like well, obviously I have. But so there's about thirty-four thousand uh, United Auto Workers out on strike right now. Uh, there's hundred and fifty thousand auto workers nationwide, and there's forty-four facilities on strike across the country. Uh, Eighty-seven hundred of our of those folks that are out are at our Kentucky truck plant which is one of the most lucrative plants that Ford has. I think I heard maybe 45% of their value is actually with the Kentucky truck plant, which that's pretty incredible. And the interesting thing too about this is that the escape plant has not been closed yet. And so I would anticipate that coming uh, soon. I I can't imagine that uh, the president would have, uh, just one side out and not the other one. But they're doing it in a way where you can't get scabs in quick enough. And that is amazing. Um, you know, they don't know where they're going to be hit or when. The, the big three don't. And so uh, they can get them shut down and it they're scrambling. And, you know, really, and guys, listen, don't cross a picket line. Don't cross a picket line ever. And don't be a scab. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm obviously 115% behind the United Auto Workers and what they're doing. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I'm, 100, I'm 114 at least. I don't know. I, yeah, I think it's amazing to see, see this. And I, I think you're totally right. Your, your analyst, analysis of, you know, this new president, kind of what he's doing, it's like they've never done this before. Like going against all three at the same time, but then not going against all of them, going to like very strategically, like, oh, what's the most profitable plant? Let's go with that one next. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. And it's like, you know, got to have them kind of on their heels in terms of the kind of those corporate uh, folks who are used to uh, kind of certain strategy. Uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh yeah, they're big mad. Apparently, Bill Ford. <laughs> apparently, Bill Ford himself was like, "I was always, I always got along really well with all the other UAW presidents." And I'm like, "That's the point. I'm like, that is why their pay is pathetic." You know, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I was shocked at how little they earn at that truck plant. I was shocked. I mean, I'm, you know, because I, we're near Toyota, right, guys? I mean, we're near Toyota. I've seen people drive from Letcher County every day to, to Toyota to work. I mean, this is the kind of, you know, the, the opportunity and the money that Toyota was bringing in. I had no idea that our our Ford, our American-made, our folks were not getting what they should have been getting. And somebody dropped the ball. I'm going to be honest here. There are people who, who had blood on their hands uh over this it, it, it's gotten to the point where it's just not sustainable
0: No, and i think you know that this the narrative right that okay so the big three almost went bankrupt and in fact it wasn't for like federal uh you know federally you know federal loans kind of stepping in to help them out uh zero interest loans i think you know they would have maybe disappeared completely and so the workers kind of met that moment and like gave up some things Now they're making billions of dollars a year in profit, and so it's like, well, time to bring that back, and trying to time to kind of give up, you know, that uh, or uh, get back what they gave up. And yeah, of course, of course, these like if these huge companies are making billions of dollars in profits, and you know, and the and the CEOs have seen fifty percent raises or forty percent raises, well, the workers sure as hell should be getting forty percent raises too. Because uh, those workers are doing a lot more uh, than those CEOs are.
1: Well, and they can't afford to buy their own product. I mean, that's the other thing that's maddening. I mean, hell, you can't afford to buy a Ford F-150 right now. They're about $60,000. I know this because I love trucks. and But I'm telling you that you cannot, I mean, who can afford that? I mean, I'm like, what? It's a truck, right? And so, you know, that's the thing, y'all. It's gotten out of control. And I will say this. There's a couple of uh, Republicans that I that I talked to, and we chatted up about, you know, all kinds of stuff sometimes. And um, they said to me, I hope the UAW wins. Piss on Ford. Piss on, um, they did. I about oh. fell out of my chair. So <laughs> they do not have even Republican support. Ford is... Ford, Chevy, all of them—they're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're up against the wall on this, and you know—I I mean, we just one more day, one day longer, you know. I mean, just keep going, guys, because and, and girls, we're all—we're all rooting for you.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and in fact, we got a net mention, so we had a little bit of last-minute kind of uh, flipping and flopping of our of our co-hosts because Kimberly is actually out of, out on of the picket line right now. Uh, so she is uh, she's helping out. And I think a lot of people are showing up on the picket lines, uh, folks who are not workers, but are standing with workers mm-hmm. very clearly. So I think that's fantastic. i love to see that kind of continue for sure.
2: Absolutely. And there's a couple yeah. of things I wanted to mention. Uh, Amy, you mentioned the 87 8700 workers. Mm-hmm. And I saw some other figures uh, that Ford plant produces twenty five billion in profit. And you mentioned it's you know it's a huge it's a huge moneymaker for Ford. So it's good that they're out. I saw some figures. uh, The top tier workers, just their regular pay, is about thirty three dollars an hour, which translates to about seventy thousand dollars a year. The Ford CEO makes twenty one million per year. So in seven days, he makes enough to make $70,000.
1: I mean, it's criminal, y'all. And listen, you know, it's capitalism. I get it. Everybody wants to make more money than whoever. But come on, how much more money do you need? And why not... share this out with the your workers you would not have this great awesome truck that everybody wants to buy if the workers didn't build it and you know you can't you don't have the same quality when scab workers come in i'll tell you all this i'd be real careful about buying a truck uh right now in the next probably six months or so because you're gonna have scab parts on there and i wouldn't trust the scab part for nothing
0: no for sure and it's amazing that like ford's like griping about the you know the leadership and you know has, has, has really degraded the jobs at the uh, the Kentucky truck plant right uh, you know and you know of course it, it was that family that said oh yeah if workers can't afford the Model T well who am I going to sell these things to right so they had to figure it out well, they had to like both make them cheaper and and pay the workers more you know it's capitalism right uh, mm-hmm. so they got to have a market for this stuff but yeah it's it's outrageous that. I didn't know trucks cost that much. That's that's astounding to me. And that's the the, two fifties are even more. And, you know, the super duties. Yeah. And I, 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 I wish they didn't sell so many of those things. I'll be honest. Like like, why do you need such a big vehicle? Where, where are you going with that thing?
1: Listen, I need my truck. Okay. Aaron. (laughs) Kenya trucker is the love of my life. I love my husband. I love my kid. I love my truck. I'm just like every Kentucky woman needs a truck. Trust me.
0: There's a song
2: there somewhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we should probably move on because this is where we don't want to come to blows over this. (laughs) uh, I appreciate my time with Nima, but yeah, we should just move past the things we don't necessarily agree on.
1: Uh, I drive liberals crazy, Aaron, because I can't (laughs) give up my damn truck. (laughs) <laughs> they're gonna take my card brother they're going to take my card
0: <laughs> i tell you what you know now that i'm like thinking more about evs and you know i, I want to like support our kentucky workers who are making batteries and i love the fact that there are like more there will be more kentucky workers making batteries than there will be mining coal uh because of what's just the size of that economy the size of this uh that industry and just you know and there'll be there are zero unionized coal uh, coal miners in Kentucky, which just is astounding to yeah. me.
1: And real fast, keep in mind this is what UAW is also striking for to make sure that those battery workers yeah. are in the same tier and and are unionized.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So sure. you know
1: just keep it uh, 100%
0: with that 100% with that mm-hmm. but I will say this as I think about like, you know buying an EV and like the kind of benefits of it right because I don't I don't like going to the gas station that's not like I, I would much rather just plug the thing in in my driveway uh, or my you know garage and have it ready to go in the morning uh, but then also it's quiet and everyone's like I'll be driving you know 35 miles an hour down the road and somebody has to drive past me and they are be like oh you're you're going you're just going the speed limit why you just get out of my way and it's like the loudest thing in the world, and it's it's going thirty eight miles an hour. Like, why why does your vehicle have to be that loud to go thirty eight miles an hour? That is astounding. I cannot wait to have a quiet EV they will go <laughs> eighty miles an hour and make no noise. Uh, but anyway, we'll just agree uh,
1: to disagree on this one
0: here. Apparently, yes, we will. That's, that's <laughs> fine. I still love you, Nima. It's I fine.
1: love you too.
3: I know it'll be fun. We
0: <laughs> so now we're gonna we're gonna uh, move to our interview uh, but first we're gonna tee up i think uh the ad that colonel pam stevenson is running uh if you like me think this is a great ad uh you should you know remember that and then we will uh talk about what you can do to help help her out in that campaign in a minute but annabelle are you ready to go can you show us uh show us that
2: ad born and raised in kentucky a minister in her grandfather's church colonel pam stevenson took those values around the world defending america's freedoms in war zones a 27 year military veteran she prosecuted violent criminals as an air force jag attorney and as our attorney general she'll use her 40 years of legal experience to go after anyone who puts your safety or freedom at risk colonel pam stevenson faith country kentucky
0: Excellent. Uh, all right. I love so the gonna, Faith
1: Country, Kentucky. That's that is good.
0: good. A little. I like a little. You know that. Mm-hmm. Like repeating that K. case Sound. All right. Yeah. So now I'm going to go ahead and show uh, the interview that Doug and I did earlier today. You can tell it's the same day because we're in the same clothes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, and I think you're going to appreciate it. Again to the show, uh, representative Colonel Pam, uh, Stevenson, of course, who, you know, has been a longtime friend of the show, you know, got on, I think before you even were elected, uh, to the state house, uh, you had a great term there now are of course, working very hard to, uh, to be elected the next attorney general of the great state of Kentucky. Thanks so much for coming back on. How is, how is the campaign treating you?
3: Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. I love being on this show because you guys do work so people can have information to run their lives by. And I'm always grateful for that. Plus you had a lot of fun. I mean, that's pretty funny. (laughs) funny. (laughs) But the campaign is going fabulous. We are so excited because we got a poll just recently showing that we are in single digits, like we're that close. Nice. And they never
0: yeah. thought we could get there. No, this they is a tough campaign, right? This is absolutely a tough campaign. You know, this is a red state. You know, we all know that. We all know how much, you know, Trump won by. You have not been shy about kind of your concern, your compassion, your passion for causes that matter. Uh, and, you know, this, so I don't think anyone would say that, oh, of course she's got this race, you know, this is like gonna be oh, no. a hard fought race. Uh, and I'm very excited to hear you're in like the single digits. That's that's fantastic. What's the kind of response people are giving you?
3: We have traveled around the state, the places I didn't even know existed. Last week we were on the shore of the Mississippi looking at Missouri and I'm like, oh my word. And when I talk to people, they just want their life to matter. They want their kids to do better than they did. And they want their families to thrive. And when we talk about those issues, it resonates with them. And they're glad that the government is listening to what they need. They often ask me, many of them ask me, why do y'all talk about the stuff y'all talk about in Frankfurt? It doesn't help my family. And so when they find out that I'm listening, they've got a lot to say. I don't know how many times someone has said to me, I'm a Republican and I know you're a Democrat, but I could work with you or I'm gonna vote for you or thank you for caring about our kids. So there's some basic things about being a Kentuckian that grab people gravitate towards. And when we live those values, and I'm talking about the value of be good to your neighbor, the least of these, love one another. When we live those values, people respond. And so they're responding, really nicely and really authentically because they got a lot to say.
0: That's awesome. That's great to hear. Uh, you know, and I, as I'm describing, we've had a long history of interacting with you and engaging with you. And it's always a pleasure. It's always fun. It's always informative. And it's always inspiring. So I can't imagine what people, you know, why wouldn't people want to vote for you once they, you know, once they meet you, once they interact with you on the campaign trail. So I'm so glad you're getting out there. I'm so glad that your, your message and your kind of ability to listen to folks is, is resonating with them. And I concur. Good gosh, they spend a lot of time talking about stuff that doesn't matter in Frankfurt. Uh, and I think, yeah, Yeah. whatever you can do to fix that.
3: It's, uh, we went to, uh, a rehab center in, uh, Moorhead, I believe. And we were touring the center to see exactly how do we handle this epidemic drug epidemic? What do we do for the people and what do we do to, to short term, long term? So I was gathering information. And the residents of this center asked the director, could they speak with me when I finished? And they did. And they said these words, the the words I remember, take this back to Frankfurt, please. I'm like, okay, we want to do good. We just want a second chance and this program works and we don't want people to give up on us. Like I got a little bit of life left to live and I want to live it doing things I say are good things. I said, I can take all of that back because I agree. And then they wanted to show me around their personal space. All people want is to be heard. People can take a no if they know you've heard them and that you've got a bigger plan, a better plan, a wee plan where they're not excluded. So I, in the other area where this shows up at is I go to a lot of high schools. And I always ask the high schoolers this question, what do you want adults to know? And what kind of world do you want to live in? And initially the, 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 I don't want to call them children, but the students, um, the first time the, she said, the young lady said to me, I, she raised her hand after it was sort of quiet and and she raised her hand and she says, why won't the adults protect us?
2: Hmm. Wow.
3: Like, hmm. so I start crying. That's my natural reaction. (laughs) Like, wow. Uh, I don't I don't know. I I don't have a good answer. Nothing I nothing I say will make up for the fact that we have said our children are at play.
0: Yeah,
3: we won't stand for that.
0: And she was talking about, you think she was talking about the kind of epidemic of gun violence and the, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the, the third
3: class, uh, same thing, asked the question. And a, a young man said, I don't know why the adults won't take care of us. But about that time, somebody uh, made a noise in the hallway and they all jumped.
2: Oh, scary.
3: Wow. And I, I looked, the teacher said, it's all right. There's nothing going on. Um, And then some of the students are more verbal with their fear this young man came into the classroom he had a hoodie on he uh, sat down in his chair you couldn't see his face he wasn't participating he certainly wasn't learning so i walked over to him and i said may i ask you a question and he said no (laughs) i said it's just a short question and he took his hoodie off and he looked at me and he said what i just said what's going on and he says He looked at me in the eyes and I looked at him back. I'm like, you're not going to scare me away. He he just said, I'm scared. Mm. Wow. And then he put his hoodie back on. Mm. So we're creating a, a, um, a generation of children that are living in fear. We're creating a generation of children that don't understand the actions the adults are not taking. And my charge to them is get involved now. Don't wait until you're grown. There's something you can do now to build that world. They, they, The world that they all, each class built was beautiful. You know, they wanted love and joy. They wanted everybody to be accepted. They wanted to be able to have agency over their own life. I mean, I just listened to them. And as they spoke, it showed up in the room. And it was a quietness. I said, that's... space where you get to play in so we've got to do a better job we're not doing good by our children and we've got to do a better job as the ag as the attorney general for this state if you keep your eye on families thriving if you keep your eye on kentucky rising then you make better choices if you keep your eye on power if you keep your eye on the next job you make poor choices and people suffer. You cannot sue the governor 27 times, make a commercial about it, and then think that that's going to feed families. It will not. So if you use those resources to sue the governor, those are resources that are Mm -hmm. not going towards Kentucky families. There are limited resources. It's uh, um, It's not inexhaustible. So I want to return this office back to the people, for the people, by the people to serve the people. We must be the difference we want to make. Maya Angelou says that, said that all the time. We've got to make sure that our children get what they need to grow up and stay in Kentucky. We must grow the economy. We must do all manner of things. You can't do it if you're fighting and playing politics over taking the politics out.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, and I know, I know that, um, Doug has a question, but it, it just kind of, it raised in my, your, your comments are just raised in my mind that, you know, you've got kids who are scared, who, you know, are wondering why adults aren't doing anything to make them safer in the classroom. Uh, and then you've got your opponent who of course opens his TV ad with him at a gun range or whatever, you know, just firing away, trying to like make it sound like he's running to be the next John Wayne, which, you know, I don't think your job description, includes you joining going to the firing range right you're like you go to the court (laughs) which they don't do
3: (laughs) i got i have 40 years of legal experience i've litigated many many cases i have done this job in the air force very similar to this and i have one of them had eight years of legal experience on the day of the election and the other one has 19. so don't tell me what it is to lead a complex organization. Don't tell me what it's like to get results in bad circumstances, like tents, deserts, where you don't speak the language, where the culture is different. I've done it. <laughs> now we need to do it for Kentucky.
0: Fantastic. All right, Doug, what do you do? What do you want to ask uh, the representative Colonel Pam?
2: Uh, first of all, I want to say if something had been going on in that school, you would have gone out there. And if I had been there, I would have followed you because I would know that you're gonna be doing good and I would want to be there trying to help you.
3: Thank you, Doug.
2: Although I would say that the first time we met, I think it was in Midway, I wanted to steal your lunch. And I think you probably would have let me, but I didn't force the issue.
3: I, <laughs> I don't mind sharing, <laughs> I, I will share. Now Now you owe me a lunch. You. You might, um, now you owe the Duchess a
2: lunch. I owe the Duchess a lunch and and, and I will pay that. I, I did want to get your opinion on something. Uh, recently I read an article in the Herald Leader where you and your opponent talked about issues. Your opponent used the B word and the W word, Biden and Washington. Can you explain what either of these have to do with the AG's office in Kentucky?
3: Nothing nothing, nothing, nothing. Did I say nothing? Nothing, nothing. Just like they don't want to talk about my experience. They don't want to talk about what Andy's done for this state. They don't want to talk about all the lives that were saved because of COVID. They don't want to talk about all the people that have been restored because of the floods and the uh, bad weather that we had, all the programs that we put in place so they can get whole again. They would rather sit, uh, talk about things that don't impact Kentuckians. Like the last time I checked, we were not on the border of New Mexico. (laughs) So why we are talking about things that don't impact the everyday lives of people means we're running from something. We have politicized it. you can have democracy depends on people being engaged. We must be engaged, but we don't have to lie about it. We can just talk about what this government can do to support people we're supposed to be a help agency and not a takeover your life agency True. so yeah. that would be my answer it has nothing to do with it unless the president's going to come and visit and 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 um give us money for a bridge oh he did that <laughs>
2: So what's a, what's a typical day like? I, I know the it's crunch time. I'm so pleased to hear that the polling is showing that you're really close. And uh, But what's a typical day like?
3: Well, I've been um, married 41 years. I have two children. And I usually get up very, very early, uh, like 6 o'clock. And I always say, if he wants another 41 years, let's have coffee. Translation, <laughs> I need coffee. so he is uh very supportive and we get i get up and i do for me i'm an ordained minister so i do my devotions in the morning i do my devotions in the morning and i look at the whole day the people i'm going to meet and what's possible because we meet each other it's not a thing it's like what do i want to leave them with what do i want them to walk away thinking and once I go through my whole day, we have all stops, and, and and usually it ends around 10. And at each stop, we are engaged with the voters, and I do a lot of listening, and also I ask questions when I don't understand, because that's what has to happen. For example, this drug pandemic affects every county differently. So one size does not fit all. The the um count Jasmine County might be is different than Jefferson County, than Fayette County. So I need to go to the people that live there. I need to go to the leaders in that county and listen to what they think they need. Now everybody's not gonna get everything. But you know what the most important thing is. And we could come together and come up with a strategic plan where the whole state, the Commonwealth can be moving in the same direction in regards to treatment for people that are addicted in regards to putting people in prison for dumping drugs in our state. So I would do a lot of listening and I'm good at uh, strategic planning because we have to do it in the military. You don't go to war without a plan. <laughs> and yes, the plan is going to change depending on what circumstances are thrown at you, but you get you learn to dance with what's so and not what you think is so and not what you want is so, but what's right in front of me and how can we use it to move Kentucky families forward. And that's my big thing. I think the the, the second point would be, we've got to take better care of our most vulnerable people, like the elderly. The rest of their life should be the best of their life. Instead, fraud against the elderly is a billion-dollar business. Why don't we let anybody open up a nursing home? Why are so many lawyers um, practicing nursing home abuse law? Why is that a thing? And secondly, people that are disabled are differently abled. The, for example, if this world were designed by a person in a wheelchair, the walk across the street button would be a hip level and not shoulder level. <laughs> Simple things. Right. And then children in foster care. We got signs all on the corners. We need chil- we need homes for children. In. We've already lost a bunch of children in the last several years and still haven't found some of them.
0: Hmm.
3: So we've got to take better care of our children and act like they are our future instead of mouthing those words. So I believe that we have to treat everybody as a child of God, even when they don't deserve it. That's not my call. (laughs) And we're going to do those things in the AG's office, get it to working, functioning properly get rid of the lawsuits that are there now in terms of some of the dysfunction that's happening in the office and then make it strong so we can be a resource across Kentucky. We, the AG system, a lot of different boards, a lot of different uh, agencies. And that means I have the unique opportunity to bind those agencies together in some type of plan that lets Kentucky rise, like the graphics.
0: That's awesome. I'm thinking about the lawsuits, right? So, obviously, he is just joined into every like right wing uh, assault on the federal government possible. Uh, you know, that's kind of first one of the first to sign on. Uh, but you know, it's it's interesting what battles he ch- he's chosen to fight politically. You know, obviously the 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 will of the voters on. Th- an issue like abortion is pretty clear, right? Uh, just last year, we had a big vote, you know, statewide vote on uh, Amendment Two. I think you know where we said very clearly there should be a state, you know, constitutional uh, right to uh, to privacy to abortion. Like that, that's what the voters wanted. They didn't. They rejected efforts to you know to uh, make it very clear there was no right to an abortion in our state constitution. Uh, mm-hmm. And yet, the kind of the next day. You know, Dan Cameron came out to say, "Oh yeah, I see what the voters said, but you're all wrong, and we're <laughs> going to go ahead and you know and fight that that effort for sure." What well, you know, what would your kind of office, what would be your stance on on that, and you know, whether Amendment Two is something that's legitimate and needs to be recognized, uh, or you know, kind of how would you approach that issue? Well, first of all,
3: when it is put up for a vote and the people speak, I'm not going to go to court and say I disagree with what they said. So do what I want you to do. Number two is the action I'm about to take for the greater good of Kentucky. For example, would I sign onto a letter telling law firms that they can't have a DEI department, that they uh, a diversity, equity and inclusion, uh, they can't do that. What? How does that feed children in Kentucky? How does that help elder the elderly? What does it do for the everyday Kentucky? What does it do for farmers? How do we move forward? And there are a lot of things that I disagree with, but what's at stake is not my opinion. It's what the people want and what are they going to do to have it? That's what the government is for the people, by the people to serve the people. So I like I told you before, I've been married 41 years and I would like to think that my husband agrees with me all the time. Everything I say and do. He just looks at me and he says, you're right, dear. So I don't understand why I know he can't defend himself. He's not here. (laughs) I don't know why we get in a public space and think that we have to agree on everything before we can take action. We've got to move Kentucky forward in the areas that we agree on and work on the areas we don't. In some areas we may never agree on, but the question comes down to what action should we take? That's for the greater good of Kentucky, not my personal opinion.
0: That's great, that's important. So we're kind of in the final like, final stage of this campaign. I think there's 19 days to go. What, uh, what can people do to help you out and uh, engage with you and support you in your efforts?
3: Well, if you're out there and you're listening and you believe in a democracy, engage. A democracy only works if you engage. If you don't, it doesn't work and you get what we got. When we vote, we win. Why do you think they're spending so much time trying to stop the vote? If you really want your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-greats to have an America they could be proud of, then you must take action today. As for my campaign, you can go to PAM for forag.com com. We're trying to work to, we, we're we very close. Um, and when we get a commercial up, we'll knock that out. So we're raising money for a commercial that will play around the, the uh, state. And we're raising money to make sure that people hear the message. And the message of hope is what they want. When they hear that I've served 27 years in the Air Force that I'm a Colonel, an ordained minister, and just recently a Duchess. <laughs> I win, and when I tell them what's possible for their life if we work together, everybody wins. For those of you who don't know this, I'm a quilter. I won second place in the Kentucky State Fair this year. And when I quilt, I take beautiful pieces of fabric and take the thread and bind the fabric together until it's a beautiful quilt. The AG is the thread that binds the Commonwealth in every county together, binds the law enforcement officials together, binds every county judge and county attorney together. So the Commonwealth is a beautiful place for families to thrive. That's who we are. That's who we get to be. Engage, donate so I can get my commercial up. Yes, yes, yes. And then help somebody. Even if you don't want to help me, find a campaign and help someone, Uh, you've got to be engaged. That's the price we pay for freedom.
0: Fantastic. So texting, their phone banking, there's opportunities to engage. Uh, We'll make sure to share kind of ways ways folks can sign up to help your campaign. Obviously, every dollar can can help spread that fantastic ad and make sure it gets run kind of uh, all across the Commonwealth. Uh, That's so great. Colonel Pam, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And really, you know, good luck with these kind of final few weeks.
3: Well, and thank you for what you guys are doing to make sure that we have a democracy. I know the work you're doing. I see you. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, you inspire us, uh, Colonel Pam. So we will c- continue to do that work in our final 19 days as well. And then, you know, uh, we, aren't, we aren't done on Nov- November 7th, right? We got to keep watching what's happening in Frankfurt. We got to stay engaged. But yeah, it'd be a lot nicer to do if uh, you were up there uh, to represent the Attorney General. And so, so great uh, to have you on this campaign, putting your positive vision out there. Uh, and yeah, really, really excited to see what happens on November
2: 7th.
3: Thank you all. And, awesome. and um, good luck with what all you are doing. And thank you for having me. It really is a blessing.
2: Absolutely. We love
0: you. <laughs> all right. So I do apologize. It's it's like almost eight ten. We have gone a little bit long uh, because you know we didn't really have a clock when we were interviewing her. We weren't really sure what we were doing in terms of timelines. But I don't any every moment with Colonel Pam Stevenson is a blessing, so I'm not going to like cut it short. I do have to give a little bit of a backstory there because she referenced Duchess a couple of times, and we didn't really tell the story about because that she told us the story before we hit record. Uh, so you all need to know, Representative Colonel Pam collects titles. I think she's <laughs> Representative Colonel. Uh, And then now she is a duchess, which, Doug, what is the story there?
2: Uh, The story there, there's uh, in Hazard, there was a story. It wasn't really based in Hazard, Kentucky, but it was based in Hazard, Georgia, called the the Dukes of Hazard. And apparently the mayor of of, uh, Hazard, Kentucky, if he wants to honor a female, he names them a duchess. (laughs)
1: i've never heard that doug i think that is all what
2: (laughs) it's true it's (laughs) i'm not not making this up
1: i'm not disputing but it just sounds a little odd
2: it sounds
0: a little a little wackadoodle but you know Mm -hmm. the you could be a duchess of hazard nema just get over there Mm -hmm. i'm sure they would appreciate you
1: no, they don't like me in Hazard, Aaron. It's a long story.
0: <laughs> all right, well, that's got to be for another episode because we're we're have gone too long. We need to wrap up. Uh, we got a final call to action, uh, and then we'll we'll close it up. Who wants to do the call to action? Who's ready to read that call to action?
1: Get it, Doug.
2: Okay, uh, sign up for Progress Kentucky's four more years of the Compassionate Commonwealth campaign. We are all in on re-electing Andy, putting Colonel Pam in AG's office, Buddy Wheatley instead of Michael Side Hustle Adams, Kim Reeder for auditor, and we think Sierra Inlaw is outstanding in her field and should be the next Ag Commissioner. We are supporting Michael Bowman for treasurer, and finally, in the 93rd District, we're backing Adriel Camuel. We're doing calling and canvassing every week between now and November 7th. Sign up to help us out today. Uh, you want me to do the close also? Keep it rolling, man. All right. Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State and organized as a 501C4. We are affiliated with the Individual Project, the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement, referred to as CAVE. We're also proud members of the Forward Kentucky Network. Farcus Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. Make sure to join us next week when we'll be covering the breaking news out of the governor's race that is happening in about 19 days. Production of episode 135 was by the amazing Annabelle Nagel. And thank you, Nate, for the new song and the theme songs. You can find more information and music at natosongs.com. If you miss our weekly live stream on Facebook or YouTube, audio podcasts and our show notes are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you do listen to the pod, please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening right now. Logo and some graphic content provided by Couchfire Media more information can be found at CouchFireMedia.com. Join us next week. See ya.
0: Wait. Wait. Did you guys see? Uh, NATO's video has got more views on Facebook than uh, Andy's vote margin, uh, win margin last time. So he's over 5,400 views. I think he's at like 6,000 views right now. So if you've not watched It's Andy for Kentucky, you've got to go check it out. I know we played it here on this show. But you should watch it, whatever whatever format you prefer, YouTube or Facebook <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, that yeah. is too much. Um, have you, uh, Nima? Have you show have you have you shared the video yet?
1: I have not. I will, but I want to say one thing really quickly. I know we've gone way over. Way over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> American Federate Yeah, sorry, American Federation of Teachers, Fayette. And uh, Consolidated Baptist Church off Russell Cave Road, we are giving away 4,000 free and new books to kids on Saturday, uh, 11 to 1 at the church, Consolidated Baptist. It's, it's going to be a family resource fair. We're going to be offering free vaccinations, flu, COVID, uh, anything that's not a live uh, vaccine. And that will be 11 to 1 uh, at Consolidated Baptist Church here off Russell Cave Road. We'd love to have uh, any anybody who needs to get books to kids or has any families that you might know. We would love to have you guys come. And there's going to be maybe a couple of special guests and some surprises too. but, Absolutely, uh, we'd love to have you guys come out. We, this is one of our things that we try to do for the community, and we're really excited about it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, do you, is there like a Facebook event or some sort of event we can share the link to so people? Yeah, can-
1: absolutely, yeah. If you all will share that link, that would be great. But um, we'd love to we'd love to have anybody come out and, and check it out.
0: Awesome. Uh, cool. Thanks for all the work you do, Nima, for sure. Uh, and then folks, one more plug, just go watch and listen to it's Andy for Kentucky. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. You'll be humming along. You'll be tapping your toe. You'll be informed about some of the things you'd forgotten that Andy Bashir has done through his, you know, three plus years of leadership for our commonwealth. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to stop talking because we actually did technically wrap up the show already. <laughs> <laughs> So,
3: yeah, y'all, y'all
1: just go home. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Annabelle's like, nutty. Oh, yeah, I, I was done 15 minutes ago, people. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank you, Annabelle. Thank oh, you, Annabelle. She's not going to bed